Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast about reality television. I'm David Chen. And joining me today is at Joy O'Napping. Joy, thanks for chatting today. You are so welcome. <laughs> it's been a long week. All right. Yeah, it's been a long week. And I, I do want to point out that uh, Joy has been traveling. And she's currently recording this from a hotel room. And I think there's a little bit of a, like an audio delay between when I say something and when she hears me. So if the conversation sounds even more awkward than usual. Uh, that's what's going on there. But Joy, how have your travels been so far? Um, you know, um, the, the, the transport component has been smooth, but I will say, um, I was really looking forward to watching Love is Blind during my travels. And I decided to go from Seattle to the Los Angeles area where I am now by taking the long distance train. It's an Amtrak overnight train. I got a little sleeper room, very excited about it. It comes with all your meals. You get to enjoy the scenery. And if you're really lucky, uh, you happen to time it so that your train is passing through an area with great signal and you can download Love is Blind while you're on a train. I mean, just exactly as the uh, the great romantic era of steam engine travel uh, was meant to be. And so um, I succeeded at uh, downloading the show. And I was watching it on Wednesday morning, and then I go to the bathroom, and I notice that one of my eyes is literally filled with blood. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw the photo of this, and uh, it was horrifying. It was it it literally looked like the eye was dying somehow, or 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 as though you just got kind of uh, hit in the eye with like um, not a baseball bat, but you know like a Something, something really a blood large force and trauma. Blunt. Yes, and it, it, yeah, it looked it looked very very upsetting. It was like a very upsetting image of joy with an eye bleeding. I I love um, that you say so, looked yeah. in the past tense. Um, it still looks that way, and it will for weeks. <laughs> I scrambled to get an emergency <laughs> appointment with a doctor, as like right after I got off the train. They've looked at it. It's fine. It looks a lot worse than it is. She said. It's actually not even a terrible hemorrhage. So I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks, doctor. I'll take that, I guess. Um, But in the meantime, it is a real mystery why my eye suddenly started hemorrhaging. And I think I really have only one explanation, which is it's just the blunt force trauma of all that shit that Chelsea dumped onto Jimmy. Like I just, I think my brain possibly exploded. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, And so I blame... (laughs) everyone, but especially Chelsea, um, for any discomfort and certainly any medical bills that are going to be incurred as a result of this. Indeed. Uh, And Love is Blind deserves all of that blame. Okay. Uh, Before we get to today's episodes of Love is Blind, you know, this week they released episodes, what, 10 and 11 of Love is Blind? 
Uh, and so we'll be discussing 10 and 11. We'll be spoiling everything in episode 10 and 11. And then I think the finale is next week, and then there will be a reunion. And so we will uh, cover uh, probably both of those, but just letting people know what to expect. Before we get to any of that, I do want to mention you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv and email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. I also want to point out if you enjoy this podcast and you want to support my work monetarily, uh, become a paid member at decodingtv.com. 95% of our revenue comes from people who support the show and uh, via decodingtv.com. And so if you are enjoying what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, uh, want to keep the podcast going, become a paid member at decodingtv.com. You get access to early episodes and ad-free episodes. Uh, we got, you know, we've gotten just just mountains of of feedback and more reactions to it that I want to ignore. More mountains, okay. Um, more mountains. Uh, a listener by the name uh, by the username one and only left a podcast review at the Decoding Reality Apple Podcast page, which, by the way, anyone listening to this can do. One and only writes, "quote This podcast gives me major insight into the crazy minds of the people who would go on a show like Love Is Blind." I found the podcast through David. I'm a huge fan of his other pods too. And his wife, the co-host of the podcast is also a gem and always has lovely takes that include a feminist perspective. I always appreciate. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to review a show like this. Please never stop. Never stop. End quote. Wow. Five stars. Wow. That's very, Five thank stars. you. One and only. So, yes. Never stop. Never stopping is what the takeaway message I'm getting from that is. Manny writes into decoding TV at gmail.com. Uh, with some thoughts on our conversation last week. Manny writes in, uh, this has been in my drafts for the past week and I'm finally hitting send. Wanted to add some thoughts from your for the discussion. Uh, AD and Clay. So Manny lists the couples. AD and Clay, regarding the odd choice to extend their silence during their lunch, I think the producers wanted to make it seem like AD felt the ick when Clay started blowing on his hot food before eating it. I've heard that many folks find that a turnoff and a little childlike. Something similar uh, happening here with AD witnessing Clay's impulses to consolidate leftovers and trash onto stack plates. Some people see this as messier and not proper etiquette when eating out at a restaurant or place of service. I don't know if AD felt that way, but it seems like the producers are trying to embed that idea in the edit. Hmm. Let's pause here for a moment, Joy. Um, any any reactions? I think I think that feels right on to me. Uh, blowing on food is that childlike? I will say I generally don't blow Wait. on food these days. I was about uh, to say I, that you, what I do do, you actually blow on food all the time. What I do do is I take food and literally put it next to a high-powered Vornado fan, and that is not a joke. That is a, a real thing that I do uh, if food is too hot, which it often is for me. Um, but that is very different than blowing on food, Joy. Come on. Let's you not, also blow on, on the food. Let's not uh, mix these things up. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I think in your case, to be uh, just to make us seem like a uh, a real ball of medical um, creakiness and and um, <laughs> ticks, I think that you do have some gastrointestinal issues where if the food is too hot, it is actually physically painful to you to eat it. So it's so reasonable to cool it off. I felt like the edit overall Absolutely. was headed more towards he was doing those things silently and awkwardly and she does say in the edit wow it's like something just happened and on a dime you went to a different place and i so i i, I whether the the food <laughs> that place where he wants to that place where he wants to cool down his food by blowing on it <laughs> the ocean breeze just is not enough <laughs> um i i I think it's possible that they're implying that. I also think out of all the things that can be wrong with a partner, you know, th this is definitely, I think, in Hawaiian shirt behaviors for me, a.k.a. the kind of thing that just comes with the territory of the person you chose. Chelsea and Jimmy. I forgot what I was originally going to say about these two, but I just want to acknowledge that this is building up to be a massive crash and burn and it will be glorious. Yeah. No argument there. Uh, Laura and Jeremy. Uh... Jeremy's response to Sarah Ann's DM, to heart or not to heart, I don't think a thumbs up would have helped the situation. There's only a certain type of response one can follow with that uh, with that to that message. One can follow with to that message. Thanks for the message. Wish you all the best. Close chat and mute Sarah Ann. That's what he should have done. Acknowledge them kindly and leave them with well wishes. That said, I think Sarah Ann and Jeremy are going to date. 
Hope she doesn't mind turning the labels face Thanks for the message is just as bad as a double tap heart. To me. Uh, yeah, something more like message acknowledged. Yeah, as in, in be... the wonderful phraseology of Laura, um, you could have shut that shit down. Thanks for the message does not shut that shit down. For me, at least. What do you think? Well, it's it's uh, it's fine if it's immediately followed up, as Manny suggests, with like "best of luck on all your endeavors, goodbye." You know, like I, I think it's. What fine about emoji that. thumbs down? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Finally, we got this comment over at decodingtv.com. Rebecca wrote into us, "Love your love, love is blind." Recaps in regards to the Ken Brittany breakup. I felt that Brit- Brittany was trying to tell him that she wanted more physical uh, affection and to feel wanted, but Kenneth seemed to her to be standoffish. I don't think we see him being affectionate to her at all past the initial meet. When you first start dating something, someone, there should be a mutual attraction and tension that I think just wasn't there. Uh, Ken kept saying that he liked physical touch and wanted her, but his actions seemed indifferent. Again, love your podcast. Uh, one of your tens of listeners, uh, Rebecca. Says. I, I noticed Kenneth and Brittany didn't come to the barbecue slash lake jet ski party. Mm. And maybe they're both like moving on with their lives with dignity, which would be kind of a first for this show uh, or at least out of tone for the show. I'm hoping they do come to the reunion because it's been a year. Um, Kenneth has given some interviews where he said mm-hmm. he feels like he can look back and realize a lot of his his behaviors did come across as detached. This is one where I can't really tell what happened because it seemed to escalate so quickly to a complete breakup. And I think that's probably because they're trying to condense an hour, hours long conversation into these little snippets. And so I really don't know, was it that they gave up on it too fast, that she wasn't attracted to him, that, you know, he wasn't affectionate enough towards her, that he really just wanted to talk about dolphins. And she was like, come on, there's more to life than dolphins. Like, I I really have no idea. Um, And so I would love to hear more directly from them, ideally with a competent questioner, which is not going to be... Vanessa, but um, you know, maybe the reunion well, would be. Apparently, they're going to use audience questions this year. Oh. So, so who knows if uh, it'll yeah. be different this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my thoughts on the the whole Kenneth Britney situation. I didn't go into this in our last episode, uh, and I wanted to mention it, but uh, I'm just going to say this again. This season is so heavily Christian. Like, it's it's actually wild how Christian it is to me. There's multiple people who are like explicitly Christian. Chelsea has a Galatians tattoo on her left shoulder. I think you know, like many, you know, Vanessa or uh, sorry, is, is it Vanessa? Jessica. Jessica. Sorry, Jessica has explicitly mentioned. You know, uh, has like written a letter to her future husband. All this, all this Christian coded stuff that we discussed in the first episode. Um, Brittany and Kenneth explicitly said they would save each other, like they would save themselves uh, for marriage, which means you don't have sex until you get married. And I'm just going to put this out there. It is really difficult to be at an age where you are exploding sexually. You have somebody who is um, somebody who you're quite attracted to and you cannot have sex with them uh, because of your religion. And so as a result... Uh, people often need to take remedial action to kind of prevent temptation. And maybe part of that is not touching the person as much as you otherwise would. And I am really curious if that in any way led to the dissolution of this partnership, because uh, if you can't have sex with someone, you don't want to like get all hot and bothered. Because even okay, that, that was is my question. Bad. When so you then- say you're going to save yourself... Okay, I'll just say it. I think that means penetrative sex, right? But does it mean... Yeah, but people have different definitions. People have different definitions. Some people are like penetrative sex, but you can do everything else. You know, some people are like, hey, even thinking about penetrative sex or anything that is adjacent to that... If you're kissing and lying in bed... And so... And rubbing up on each other, and that's pleasurable, and experiencing pleasure, no matter the degree, is that... Yeah. So according to some people and they seem pretty strict. So it's very possible that it was like, that was like on the no list for them. You know, Kenneth came home late one night and Brittany was upset about it. And this was part of what, you know, led to, I I don't know if it was the actual breakup conversation or if it was the pre conversation. Um, And he said, I came up, you were sleeping and she was upset that he woke her up. (laughs) 
but he was like, I was basically like loving on you um, and you did not seem to want to reciprocate that. And she's like, well, I was being woken up. It was actually very inconsiderate. So I feel like whatever flavor of this no premarital sex thing they believe is not the most conservative one. I I mean, it, it, another reading of the, what you just said is they have different definitions mm. of what is acceptable. Mm. So which mm. which would also create lots of problems. So like, I really think it's possible that that was part of it, but I don't know. Uh, this is all 100% wild speculation, um, but just based off what I know about purity culture and the Christian church. So, uh, but anyway, that was, uh, that was another reaction. So, Hey, we got a lot of messages. Keep them coming into decodingtv.com or decodingtv at gmail.com and, uh, keep those Apple podcast reviews rolling. Yes. As well. Thank you to the, the tens. Nay, they may be in the twenties by now. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chat bot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Indeed. All right, Joy, shall we get into this batch of episodes? (sighs) So, you know, I think this is the awkward, always awkward bridge episodes where they have gone through the pods and they've gone through the vacation and they've started to settle in. But this batch is like a interstitial bridge you know there's like some dress shopping and some final dates but it it the structure feels very loose as you kind of march up to the actual wedding especially feels very artificial now that we know that in the past some contestants have felt pressured to finish the wedding component at least like show up um when their mind is actually made up in a different direction so they have structured this set of episodes really around a fair bit of uh, melodrama um, regarding different forms of love triangles and jealousy. Despite that, I overall felt that this was a kind of boring (laughs) couple episodes. Um, And so I really wish they would take it down to three batches. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, I I also thought this was a pretty boring batch of episodes. I was not... There's... Very little of interest here. And what there was of interest was Yeah, the filler material be fill-in. You know, that's how I felt. Um, But with that in Mm -hmm. mind, where we pick up is um, with Jeremy and Laura, or really Jeremy and his mom. Um, Now, now we we need to acknowledge that in the time since last episode, there is a theory that has sprung up on the internet that feels very plausible. Which is that in the last episode, Jeremy tries to say, hey, I was actually at the bar. We were in the parking lot of the bar all night. And then Laura says, actually, you went to Sarah Ann's house. And Jeremy is confused. And a lot of people think Jeremy left his phone at the bar and thought that the find my would show that he was at the bar. uh, But then took Sarah Ann home and thought that Laura would not figure that out. Um, and the reason that she did is because when you are wearing an Apple Watch and in, and you have an iPhone, Find My will privilege the location of the watch. And so it's possible he thought I was, he was being really sneaky and clever 
by leaving his phone at the bar and then taking Sarah Ann home uh, with his watch on, not knowing that he was giving away his watch location uh, when, in fact, you know, he thought he was giving away his phone location. Uh, people pointed out that he's wearing an Apple Watch and that he looks at his Apple Watch uh, <laughs> right after Laura chews him out. And so this felt like a very plausible theory to me. I don't I know. I think that's probably true. I think um, I, I've rewatched this uh, scene just because I'm so impressed by Laura, <laughs> her, her ability to Perry Mason. Yes, the whole thing. she's very good. Um, I just feel like he has some kind of he he says things like "I'm not going to lie to you," but then refuses to fully admit. The real problem here is not whether he kissed Sarah Ann or whether he hooked up with Sarah Ann. The question is, do you have feelings for Sarah Ann? (laughs) Because emotionally, you can still cheat on someone. Or was it disrespectful to me? Any of the things that you said to Sarah Ann, would those be things you would say in front of my face? And I'm pretty sure the answer is no. It would not look good for Jeremy. Um, But he is very unwilling to like tell the full truth and so um i felt like the the phone was in the alley and i turned on the phone like find my to give you an extra layer of security or transparency or whatever word it is he uses is all in that same direction of like trying to lie by omission and it is so strange to me that you could be this old and not understand it that lying by omission is a lie I mean, I'm just going to put this out there. I think both Jeremy and Laura are both like pretty emotionally uh, immature people based on what we see oh, in the show. you think Laura you know? is as well. I mean, I think Laura is quite strident and she describes herself as very finicky. So I don't think that's wrong, but I think she's probably more respectful than this. I mean, do you do you think they're equal? Is that what you're saying? Okay, no, you're right. You're right. That's That's unfair because... Well, oh, okay. the, oh, the thing that about Laura that really rubbed me the wrong way was she wanted to keep the ring. That that just kind of in general is I don't like. And, you know, if if a, a dude proposes to you, if this is a, a bigger question. If a dude proposes to you and the engagement doesn't work out, do you keep the ring? David, like, do yeah, you want to lose like, half of our twenties of listeners? <laughs> is this is this a commonly accepted like why? My question is like why would you even want that? I guess like the financial value is important enough. Like what's you know, I, think, I, I I don't know. I don't. Look, what is your reaction? What is your so opinion? So not a tra- as a feminist, <laughs> my personal take is very different from many other people's. So, um, as a feminist, I think that means I have to get my own door sometimes. Does that make sense? Like I pick up half the tab. Mm-hmm. I like. I expect you to treat me equally, and I also expect myself to treat myself as an equal contributor, um, and that's the trade off. However, when it comes to the ring, most people view it as a gift to the woman um, that is a Mm -hmm. symbol of how much you valued her at the time. And therefore, to ask for it back is incredibly tacky and ascribes a transactional Mm. value to past you, whether that's $5,000 or $3,000 or whatever it is you spent on the ring. The idea being that you're going to go probably sell it, right? Like you're not going to hold on to it. Yeah, that's interesting. It is, it is very you, insulting I, I to most pro- women. I mean, I'd love to hear from other listeners, if I have this wrong, to ask for the ring back. I guess um, I never conceived of uh, of the ring that way. Like, I I'd always, like, the way it has been described, you know, is that it is like a symbol of your love. And so if the love is no longer there, then it doesn't make, you know, like, it doesn't really make well, sense. Right, right. Um, but it's it's one like, thing for me wh- wh- to why offer would you, to return to you the ring. Yes. But to, to, to give ask it back, for you're right. it yes. back Got is it. Yes. pretty dickish feeling, um, particularly if you mm-hmm. were the mm-hmm. one who went off and <laughs> dropped Sarah Ann off at her house. Okay, that's fair. Uh, emotionally mature is the wrong word to use. Uh, how about obstinate? I think that is true. And I think people. actually I think it, Jimmy at the yeah. barbecue says something like you're both like um, pretty tough people. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right before he says, "I don't want to hear about Jeremy's problems." Like, uh, let's let's stop talking. So, to Jeremy, um, I would love to. See, I actually wrote down though what Jeremy said to his own mother, um, that led her to be like, mm-hmm. "You completely fucked it. Like, this is not even close. I would have killed you upon you crossing the threshold into the house." 
that that was a great scene, but Jeremy seems to have learned nothing about it. He seems to be incapable of humility, yes, like when it yes. comes to the situation. L- listen, right? like he he seems to be incapable of like he admitting has that he time did anything to wrong, prepare really. this account of things, and this is what he tells his mom: nothing inappropriate happened, anything like that. But then it turned out to be like 4.30 in the morning. And at that point, she was going to get an Uber. I was like, how far away do you live? She was like eight minutes. I was like, cool, I'll drive you home. No big deal, whatever. So I literally drove her there. We talked for a few minutes and I just left, came back home. Like nothing, nothing happened. I mean, the phrase nothing happened is extraordinary because you are describing a whole set of things that actually happened, right? What he means is I didn't kiss her, I didn't yeah. her, whatever. But like... That the idea that anything other than that is nothing is is quite shocking. Um, and I feel like that's the line he has to draw in his own head right. to make it all okay. The thing is, I don't believe that he, in its core level, doesn't think he did something wrong. Or rather, I think at his core level, he knows something is he did something wrong. And I think there's this kind of entitlement of, I should be able to do this thing, even though it is wrong. That's kind of... The sense I get. I definitely and get that sense too. I don't know that he, he even thinks it's wrong. I do think he's rem- entitled to it. Yeah. I have this random memory of, uh, you remember uh, the Jinx? You know, the, the Robert Durst? The guy, the, the, the life and deaths of Robert Durst, the uh, HBO documentary about Robert Durst, who's basically this like multi-quadrillionaire named Robert Durst. Uh, who has been like wanted for murder or whatever. And he's like, kind of like, he's kind of like, uh, there's one point at which he's like on the loose or whatever. He's, he's kind of out there in the world at large. Um, and he is apprehended when he tries to shove a massive uh, sandwich down his pants at a local grocery store and walk out with it. And it's like, why would you, he, he's already like a person of interest. And, and like, why would you try to escape a supermarket with a, with a sandwich down your pants? And I remember reading an interview with the director of like, why would he do that? Like, why would he jeopardize his own freedom like that? And it's like, I, they said something like, there's something about Robert Durst that always, he, he needs to do things to feel vital. You think Jeremy needs to talk to Sarah you know, Ann and maybe up, north of Uptown, yeah, wherever that yes. is, to feel alive? No, I, I, I think there's something, there's something about him. Like, I think there's something about it that he's like, he knows it's wrong. He knows there's something wrong with what he's doing, but that he really wants to live, right? He really wants to live. And how dare Laura like interfere with this? I'm not saying no, this is of course. a right feeling he should have. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying like I'm trying to get in the mind of somebody who would do something as shitty as Jeremy did, talk to his mom about it, get fucking destroyed by his mom on national television about it, and then still show up in the way that he does with Laura at the end of the episode. You know, like I think I, I don't he I don't get is a person. Um, you know what I read? Okay, this is not a Robert Durst um, comparison because I don't think you need to be a monster <laughs> to do what Jeremy did. Um, most people have a lot of trouble viewing their own actions, even when wrong, as bad. They will mm-hmm. come up with a story as to why it was right. okay, which is why Sarah Ann right. just goes on this tear about how she's not going, I'm not going to be accused because I was just, I didn't have any ill intentions and I was just following my heart. And it's like, you can follow your heart and hurt someone. You can follow your heart and be wrong. Like that, that is absolutely true. Two things can be true at the same time, but because you can't see yourself as a villain in your own story, you'll write a different story, a story that neatly like clips out a ton of footage that isn't flattering to yourself or just reframes it in a different way. So, you know, they can jet ski off into the distance together. My guess is we're not um, going to see them again next week, but maybe at the reunion. Um, but I, I must thank this love triangle for giving us the extraordinary masterclass that is AD talking to Sarah Ann. Well, before we get to that, I want to, I want to talk about that, but the only other thing I just want to say is it's hilarious this scene where Jeremy and Sarah Ann go on jet skis while his ex fiance is like sobbing in the background. Uh, a lot of people have brought up this sketch from Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave, which is a brilliant show on Netflix. And uh, there is a sketch on the most recent season that takes place on a bachelor esque reality show. Uh, where like this woman is deciding which of the men should stay, and she eliminates one of the men yes. because basically he, he's only he's only there to use the zip line at the at the location of the 
the show. <laughs> like there's a zip line that goes into the pool and, you know, cut to like 80 times of this guy using the zip line. It's like, Jeremy really just wanted to ride the jet ski. That's really the only reason he came on to this show. <laughs> he wasn't trying to find love. He just wanted to ride the he jet did. ski. And he, he got did. his wish. Um, so. There's something about the length of time they have the GoPro jet ski footage that just feels really sociopathic. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if Jeremy got the sociopath edit. It goes on for it's like <laughs> but... a three minute long. It's it's like a three minute long section of them just riding jet skis, leaving literally a crying Laura Laura but, you in know, their wake. I think it is not um, wrong. Yeah. He says to his mom, "Oh, I didn't realize I was going to potentially lose a fiance over this," and it's like. You didn't lose a fiance. You hurt someone you love, right? Like he cannot fully actually even own the consequences of his actions. It's like what is he losing as opposed to how did he hurt someone? So I think Jeremy is very Jeremid. Jeremy, um, we can talk about AD and Sarah Ann a little bit. And then I want to talk about Jeremy's talk on instagram he re- he did a notes thing um but uh, did you agree with me that ad did an extraordinary job talking to sarah ann and pinning her down yes yes normally when i very watch good. vanessa question the people during the reunion i'm screaming at the television no you need to ask when did this happen no you know like i it's like the question feels so obvious <laughs> AD was asking questions I couldn't even think of. And clearly, Sarah Ann felt the same way because Sarah Ann, being a little defensive about the situation, would volunteer information that wasn't the answer to where AD was going. So what AD really wanted to know was, what was it? Like, did you get a signal that this was okay? Or did you come up with this bullshit by yourself? (laughs) And the answer from Sarah Mm -hmm. Ann is kind of in the middle, which is she was like, well, I, I just know him and I know how we broke up. And so I could tell he hasn't 100% chosen. Even though Sarah Ann left the pod and went and told Laura, it's you. And they hugged it out. And then mm-hmm. 80's like, huh, <laughs> that's like not a signal. <laughs> but okay, that was like an interpretation you had. And then... um did you really not think that there was a problem with you going after someone who's engaged? And I think the answer from Sarah Ann is, I'm a patriot. It's all good. (laughs) Justify Mm -hmm. the means. Um, And if the end is I got to talk to him until 530 uh, while he was still engaged to someone else. um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the upshot is Jeremy either made the wrong choice or regrets his choice or has serious doubts about his choice. And after meeting Laura and understanding like that life with Laura would be a lot, fine. Just own that. Just say that, you know, I shouldn't have done this. Say it to Laura um, and apologize to her. But that's not what it is. Yeah, uh, they both seem like pieces of shit is what I, uh, my initial reaction. But, you know, Joy, this is the consequence of, ma- this is the logical endpoint of MAGA oh. culture, you know, is just, Get what's yours, and who gives a fuck mm. about anyone else? And we see it. We see it in microcosm right here with Sarah Ann and this conversation with AD. Really, really sad, sad, self-interested culture we have here. Joy, um, really sad. Okay, I know people who are not MAGA who are also pieces of shit, but yes, I hear what you're saying. Um, <laughs> they, they don't have the whole market <laughs> cornered, you know. But um, I did find it shocking. That between last week's episodes and this week's episodes, Jeremy puts a notes app Instagram post up. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And I thought, oh, excellent. I'm seeing the type. I'm like, he's going to address where the fuck he was. <laughs> no, yes. north of Uptown was actually. He's, he's, he's going to throw himself on the mercy of the public and really offer a full-throated explanation and apology for all of his terrible behavior, yes, right, Joy? Yes, he is going to explain about the litter of puppies that he rescued from the side of the road and how it was left out of mm-hmm. the edit. Um, no, it is yeah. unhinged. <laughs> it is like, look, <laughs> we are just people who were filmed like a jillion hours a week, but I guess that wasn't enough for all of you. I guess you wanted more footage and that isn't here. And I'm sorry, but like, I'm not going to be speaking on this anymore. And I'm like, 
Jeremy, oh, and, and the hate that my castmates and I have received is ridiculous. Right now, I, I don't deny, I don't doubt that the, the hate is bad. Like, and people should not harass cast members, and we do, we do not, we do not, yeah, uh, approve of that. Or They're not even really paid here on decoding yeah. reality, but yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's all true. At the same time, if your objective is to get people to leave you alone, that is not a good tactic. What you just described, Joy. That is not that is not the right. I'm way not to, even sure right. what he's talking about. It's like so um, <laughs> subtweeting something that wasn't even tweeted. Everyone hates you mm-hmm. for basically emotionally yeah. or actually cheating very visibly and then stonewalling your fiance, right? But to say like people wanted more footage, I don't want more footage. I want your apology, right? Like, I just want you to behave like a human boy and share your human emotions. One of which I would hope would be guilt or shame. Um, or sorrow. Um, but uh, that's not what we got. And I, I don't think that footage exists, Jeremy, even if we let the cameras run much longer. And I think this week's episodes proved that out. So the other thing he has talked about um, on IG is that his ex-fiance has come out and said she, I guess, didn't realize that he was on the show or going to be on the show. She publicly like responded in comments to Laura and Sarah Ann saying, if you ever want to talk, I'm here. She was concerned that they were deceived was the implication. Um, Jeremy has said everybody knew about the former engagement. It broke off maybe six months before the filming. The house itself that he talks about having sold um, had listed when they broke up and then it finally sold a couple weeks before the filming. But the ex-fiance and the ex-fiance's mom had posted things that made it sound like the timeline was a lot more smushed together than that and a lot messier. Um, And basically that he was applying for the show while with the ex-fiance would be the implication. Um, I suspect this one is kind of a nothing burger though. Got it. Well, okay, great. We only have stuff in the show t- to think that he's a bad person then. Yes, uh, yes. We don't need any extra totally textual adequate, evidence. So. Um, Indeed. All right. So the first bad. first of the two episodes are, involves this barbecue where they reunite all these people together. Excuse me. Reunite all these people together. Um, any other connections we want to discuss? You know, Jessica meets Jimmy for the first time. I mean, I think that's the thing. Has a conversation with him. Looking forward to. Yes. What did you think of that? I thought it was kind of sweet. You know, kind of like nice and mature. And uh, Jessica's not trying to pull a Sarah Ann and seduce Jimmy or anything like that. I, I, I think I just need to. Not even a little. <laughs> I just don't. I just, I just don't get women i think like i just don't understand why someone like jessica would be interested in jimmy you know like um on any level like looks wise personality wise literally anything i just don't you know i don't get it like what is it about jimmy that now here's the thing this set of episodes really makes me want to go to bat for jimmy because no one should have to go through what he goes through on this show (laughs) but Anyway, she she's all like, "Oh, I'm so you know, uh, I'm I'm so nervous meeting you." I'm I'm like, dude, like, Jessica's like a you know, I'll say, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'll say she's at least a high eight, you know, uh, if not higher, and Jimmy's like a three. So like, he's she's really the one who has the power in this situation. Anyway, but whatever. This is well, interfacial relationships like this are not was- are not uncommon. <laughs> Yeah. She feels rejected because she wasn't chosen. She's talked about the chemistry that she felt they had sexually from the moment she heard his voice through the wall. So there's like some ineffable quality. Mm-hmm. Um, love is supposed to be blind, yeah. David. That's the premise. And maybe she's proving there's that out. There's a lid for every pot. There's a lid for every pot, you know? So that's that's what I'm learning. But so. I will agree. I think actually <laughs> their interaction... It did remind me of conversations I've had where you have a breakup and maybe some weeks or months later, you're able to sort of say to each other, like, yeah, I'm still, it still makes me wince, you know, but that doesn't mean I don't wish you well, um, wish the other person well, you know, like you, you've had enough distance yeah. to be gracious about I thought it, it was while very acknowledging nice. your it's very nice. situation. There's a moment when Chelsea and Jimmy discuss this interaction afterwards and 
she asks him how it went. And, you know, first of all, I thought she was going to freak out on him. Unfortunately, she didn't lash out at him or anything. But then he says, I needed that. I don't know if you recall. Yeah, he says, yeah. like, I needed that. I needed to have that closure. Yeah. And I think that's nice. I think it's nice that, that they got to have that closure. And hopefully that closure is how it stays. So, now, let's yeah. let's just zoom in on one thing that he says. He says to her, at the moment where you were giving me the letter, she basically, he said, you, you were basically pressuring me by giving me the letter. And she says, well, I was giving mm. you this letter and you were just silent. So how how else could that make me feel other than bad? And this is one of the moments where I'm like, this, this show, you shouldn't give people a letter through a wall, you know, like where you are then listening to their breathing while they're taking in information like that. Cause you can't see, you know, like he could be, his eyes could be filled with tears cause he's so moved, right. you know, but she's like completely spiraling in the meantime. Um, it was a lot. And I think she has a somewhat, I think, immature version of it, which is like, Oh, well, the, the one for me is never going to make me chase him. And I'm like, well, maybe the one for you just needed a minute because <laughs> that was a lot, <laughs> a lot of letter well, to get. To be fair, yeah, it was a lot. And like I, like I said, she really escalated things by giving him that letter. Um, but also th- there was just no world in which Jimmy was going to respond in – in the way she was looking for, the, the, I, I think the way she yeah, wanted. I don't know. Right? I thought yeah. it was a little like naive of her to, I don't know, think that that was going to flip things. I, I, I don't think it's wrong for her to think that like the right guy, she's never going to have to pursue. Like, I think that's actually reasonable. But I think, but she's not having to pursue him. He is specific... in a love triangle. Like, it's the nature of the show. He's still interested in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's still very interested in her. Well, anyway. I think anyway. So then he says, uh, "You at, at that time you were my number one." Like at the same time that he told mm-hmm. Chelsea, "I love you," you know, and she says, "Like she cried so hard that night," which was very sad, you know, but understandable and honest. Um, yeah. He, you know, and so I, I don't know how they think about it. You know, like is it ships passing in the night? Trevor asks a similar question. What if I had asked you first? Would it have been me? And Chelsea says no, but I don't. I don't know if I agree. You know, I don't know if I buy it. Right. I love that Trevor calls her out on it again. <laughs> he says, he, he, "Yeah." Again, he's like, "Okay, so that's just what you're saying. So you're not a bad. So you don't seem like a bad person." <laughs> Trevor is such a breath of fresh air on this show. I really. He is the most emotionally intelligent person on the show. I think. Oh, I think that's probably true. <laughs> At least emotionally incisive. Or yeah, and willing yeah, to voice yeah, it out so. loud. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, some people are saying coming out of this barbecue, they think Trevor and Chelsea should have been together because he's more her type and whatever. I don't think anyone should be with Chelsea right now. I think Chelsea needs a lot of time to be by oneself and build up the resilience, you know, to not think everything is about you and your insecurities. Now, uh, to be clear, this series, this, like these events of this show took place a while ago. A year right? ago, I um, think. Like six months to a year ago, year ago, right? Um, and so Chelsea may have learned and grown throughout this time period. Uh, but I would regard Chelsea, the depiction of her that we get on the show is borderline emotionally abusive, I would say. Um and like very gaslighty and like just just really unpleasant you, you know jimmy wants to leave to go out with his friends who are dudes and she gets super upset about it uh and then makes all these accusations and then like when he tries to call it off and say like hey this is not going to work she kind of is like well, hey, we both said things that were very bad that night. And it's like, no, I think it's mostly you, Chelsea. You know? Yeah. Um, Her recounting of that to Trevor is, I got dirty martini drunk. And then I, you know, said some things that weren't great. And it was out of bounds and I shouldn't have. And he's like, so it was your fault. And she's like, well, maybe it wasn't just my fault. I mean, probably probably both. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Bad things were said on both sides. Chelsea, you were really close. It was your fault. And um, I if I get dirty martini drunk, I don't say this shit, you know. Like I really have never come close. So yeah. I, I actually, 
am very angry with the editors of this season because in promos, multiple promos, they have made it sound like Jimmy met Jessica. And then afterwards, Chelsea yells at him, I know you fucked her. Um, accusing him. So, so if the broad story is that Chelsea is insecure and that she's insecure about Jessica, that's, that's true. Um, but the broader context of how this played out, there is actually just so much about this conversation that's worse than that that they just didn't bother to capture or try to yes. put into the edit. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I have written out a transcript of a portion of this fight. Uh, I, I, you, you want me to play the Jimmy part? Uh, I'd like to be Jimmy. <laughs> Can you be Chelsea? Okay. All right. Go ahead. I don't have okay, a ahead. physical relationship with them. I want you to trust me. You do, though. You fucking do. You told me you fucked her. And the fact that you're saying you're unwilling. No, I don't give a fuck. I know you fucked her. You told me that. Because I want you to trust me. And I do. I do trust you. But I'm uncomfortable with it. And scene. (laughs) And scene. The difference between I know you fucked her, you told me that, and I know you fucked her... (laughs) Is completely different story, right? So I'm just so mad that they pulled out that part. Um, when in fact uh, it's actually to be fair, you did call you did call it you you predicted that that w- this would be the outcome is not that he fucked Jessica, but that he had sex with one of his friends. So and I don't know which friend nailed, nailed. it is. You know, I don't think it's really clearly identified. But Jimmy basically is like, "Look, this is not cool for you to be putting all of this on blast in front of the cameras now because this person is now going to be infamous for having had a hookup with me." And I, I still think it's Barbara, um, but I. She says all these things like, who do you text all day? Who do you go to work with? Who do you, I mean, I think he works from home. So it's like a strange thing for her to get jealous about. Um, and he, I, I think she is so out of control. And you can watch the moment that the jealousy goes from like, I'm feeling uncomfortable to like, I'm rewriting facts and assigning meaning to things. And it's honestly awful to watch because she is so delusional. People have said to her, She's responded on TikTok, you know, that she has a lot of insecurities. But I actually think it's much worse than that. Like, she is very damaged. It really changes the way that she sees things and perceives reality. And then she operates in a different reality and wants you to join her in it. And it's like, there's not room on Delulu Island for all of us because it is just so crazy. I can't memorize the shape or the boundary of it because it's constantly changing. So and constantly expanding to include more and more delusion. And I think it is so unreasonable of her to not even notice that she is responsible for that. That is where I agree with you that it's basically abusive. Yeah, there's no self-awareness. That's the scary thing is there's no self-awareness. Um, it's just her saying a bunch of unreasonable things and then later on being like, and bad things were said on both sides. Oh, and then you know? stuff, um, narratives they tell each other like each of our fights has brought us closer together. I loved you more than ever. Yeah, it's like that what day. The fuck I'm like, are you what th- kind of possessiveness is this? Like that you think is actual love? Like love shouldn't feel like ownership. Um, it should feel like trust that the f- person will come back to you, and that if they don't, that's okay. That's their call. You know, like. Well, I think they think of love as like very feelings based. Is like, oh, they they had a bad fight and so they felt bad, but then they then the fight was over and then they felt good about each other again. But there was no. Like getting closer is solving problems, is um, figuring out the core of these issues and taking steps and compromising to to resolve them. And none of that is on camera. Maybe it happens off well, camera. Well, especially the like part where she really truly sees it it's, from his point of view, right? She demands other people see it from her point of view, but she does not extend that effort to somebody else. And like, I, I don't know, when you're saying it's feelings-based, I, I feel exhausted you know, days later from just having watched an edited version of this. I don't know how Jimmy's patience hasn't run out and he continues to show up and be like, we're the best couple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you were saying there's not enough room on Delulu Island, but I think there might be because he, he the, the idea that he thinks this is not going to end disastrously is hopelessly optimistic, I think. Uh, but hey, pro tip for those of you who are out there listening, who are in relationships, uh, you know, both of us have learned from something called the Gottman School of uh, Relationships. And one of the core things that you're supposed to do in a relationship 
is when you have a disagreement, uh, you are supposed to repeat back to the other person what their experience of the event was, right? That's something that's like important and helpful. Uh, and that's what you were alluding to just now, Joy, I believe, right? Uh, is, is the part where you just listen and repeat back to the other person what they're experiencing. Well, maybe not even... None of that. So if... It, it, yeah. I, I yeah, feel just obligated to say, if you look up the Gottman method, you can definitely understand it more um, elegantly than we can summarize it. But like, I think that even if it's not in the heat of the moment, at some point you owe the other person the... It's not even a courtesy. It's like a responsibility to truly give it your best to see it from their point of view. And she really just doesn't have any stress tolerance for anything other than reducing her own discomfort. So she can't go see it from somebody else's point of view because it's too uncomfortable. And whether that's through kind of playing it yeah. back, like you're saying, or, you know, whatever other method, I, it's like she actually thinks it's not something she owes anyone. And so she has no muscle built around it. It's, it's awful to watch. It's, it's excruciating, yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine this is heading anywhere good. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be over between the two. For of them, sure. But, you know, I guess between the Love is Blind producers and uh, Jimmy being a very understanding fellow. I mean, th that's th this is what this is what makes this show such kind of like a crime against humanity is it makes me root for freaking Cole. <laughs> like it, it, it makes me sympathetic to someone like Cole. From Cole and Zeneb who, in the Dallas you know, I thought, season. I have nothing yeah. In, Cole and Zenob, and I'm like, a Cole, like, wow, that guy, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't like Cole. I'm like watching the show. I'm like, I don't like Cole. That guy, uh, that guy and I, we're like oil and water. Meanwhile, by the end, I'm like, poor Cole. That guy need, deserves better. Same thing with Jimmy. I'm like, coming into the show, Jimmy has nothing to recommend him. <laughs> slice of white bread, like you said. And then by the end, I'm like, poor Jimmy. You know, like, this guy deserves better. And that's, well, that's the definitely... ultimate insidious nature of this show. <laughs> I feel for Jimmy. I can't tell if Jimmy has extraordinary reserves of patience that I just don't have access to as a lesser human being. Or if Jimmy, like you're saying, is also Delulu and it's actually a bad, like it's actually a weakness. Um, right, right. I, I found, I'm pretty sure it's the latter. <laughs> I'm just going to put that guess out there. I found it extraordinary that at the end of this, uh, you know, they they go on quote unquote final dates before their weddings, whatever that means. It's just such a made up concept. Um, in clearly, Chelsea and Jimmy won the drawing, right? Because they get an entire amusement park that is out of season opened up for them. So it's like a usually a summer thing. It's extremely creepy, by the way. It, it's extremely creepy to see an amusement park with no people in it, by the way. I just and, and like one couple having fun. It's like it's almost like out of a horror movie. Like anyway, it was out of a ahead. horror movie because then they sit down and there's this like feast that has been laid by no no servants or not, no service, no attendance, you know, in sight. <laughs> and it's got the gold goblets um, and it's like drink of my blood. <laughs> So uh, they sit down wow. to this um, wow. meal and uh, Jimmy's like, I'm all in, still all in, but you have not told me whether you are all in. You haven't told me how you feel about any of this. And this is the cliffhanger going into next week. I honestly really couldn't believe that she has been asking so much of him and in the meantime, maybe not offering him that much reassurance. Who knows? Maybe she'll say something. You know, the edit makes it look like she gets tearful and it isn't sure. But um, it, yeah. it's really an amazing yeah. contrast. Maybe, she, maybe the literal next word is going to be, the next word is going to be, of course I'm all in, she says tearfully. Maybe that's what the edit is hiding, you know? Who knows? Um, it's such a contrast to hear Jeremy say, like, I, I wouldn't fight for that. I mean, she didn't want to give me her address for flowers. Um, to watching Jimmy fight through just like basically dishes being chucked at his head, <laughs> like faces being thrown at him, yeah. um, and dodging them left and right and being like, I'm, I'm here for you. If you say you love me, I'm here for you. Um, really, really extraordinary. Let's see. Let's see next week. What do you think are the odds that they say yes at the altar? 10%. Yeah, I was going to go with five. But again, we are All the right, people who close. thought Kenneth and Brittany were golden, so... Who knows? Um, speaking of couples that seem golden, maybe Amy and Johnny. Uh, yeah, 
they, you know, everything is progressing along and they meet with Amy's dad and he gives the blessing and uh, do they meet Johnny's family as well? Oh, um, here's what we do know. The public education system has failed Johnny. And that is very <laughs> sad. Uh, and I brought this up. I brought this up uh, last week about like when they're talking about getting a vasectomy. Oh, you you can get an IUD and, or, or I could get a vasectomy. Those are equivalent things that have no difference. And uh, <laughs> and he seems to have Googled vasectomy and learned that it is not so reversible, the vasectomy, you know? Look, uh, which is he is not absolutely wrong. hilarious to me. He has achieved the right amount. He, he has, yes, internalized the right amount of information, I think. Um, so I'm going to soften my prior statement from an earlier episode that this is the allyship I was looking for. Um for feminists, from men. Um, I'm not looking for allyship born out of just sheer ignorance. Uh-huh. Look, I'll take a lucky good. break if we good. get a good bounce sometimes. like It has to even out some of the bad bounces we get, but overall, this was not, not what I would hold up as a role model. Um, I will say I am waiting for it to dawn on Johnny that um, hormonal birth control, the pill, uh, which seems to be his preferred method, does not have a 100% uh, you know, pregnancy aversion rate either. <laughs> Even with perfect usage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe they're going to adopt the Brittany and Kenneth method, except Inter- like in- through age 40 or whatever it is he thinks is. He has a lot of different ideas. Mm. Like, I want to retire early, but I also want to see the world, but I also want to have kids. And I, I'm like, okay, you know, you're actually going to have to choose between these to some extent, mm-hmm. practically mm-hmm. speaking. Anything else to say about Amy and Johnny? Um, that was by far the highlight. Uh, we did also meet Amy's mom at the dress fitting. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, that was nice. You know, she was very emotional about it. Um, I, I don't want to yuck anybody's Especially their bridal dress choice, but that was that was really Cinderella Disney for me. Her choice um, with the tiara and the little thing off the sleeve. But you know, great. She's a beautiful girl. She'll look amazing. Mm. She'll feel amazing when she likes the dress. So great. <laughs> they got the glamping date. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. final date was glamping, yeah. um, and then Ad and Clay got a sneaker painting date. And I'm like, one of these dates cost $300, one of them cost $700, and one of them cost $10,000. How did they assign these final dates? Which date would you have chosen? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely the amusement park, just for the novelty of it. Mm. Even though it's freezing cold and you're like bothering some poor carny kid that's come in just so you can win a bear they're all getting paid they're all the carnies okay all right I, I also i think carnies it might be an offensive term oh um <laughs> wait yeah i don't know the, oh uh, the yeah, carnival yeah, car- worker carny can be considered a pejorative um okay so anyway just just fyi i was empathizing with the plight of the right, carnival we... worker <laughs> okay okay nothing has ever been done badly for people empathizing with people um so so ad and clay uh the the one thing i want to mention about ad is i think she has the most emotional reaction to herself that i've ever seen of anyone at that dress thing you know which i thought was like really kind of powerful so powerful in what way just that she was so moved by it you could tell yeah tell that this woman has had a difficult life and has had difficulty finding love. And then finally seeing herself in the dress is kind of like this, like I've arrived moment for her. Um, Cause yeah, she was, she was just deeply moved by the sight of herself in the dress. So I, I felt uncomfortable about it. Not, um, I felt worried for 80, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. it brought up for me that Matthew, remember him? the uh, financial planning professional with the piles of bones in his backyard um, had said to her, I want to give you that moment. And that moment was like, I want to get down on one knee and propose to you. And there's a little bit of like the process itself is the validation. And having been 
Um, I mean, I married you. It's the only engagement or marriage I've, you know, been in. Um, it is really validating and really fun. Like when you're engaged, people congratulate you everywhere you go. And, you know, like it's, it's a lovely time. Um, and it, it is really fun, but I, I am concerned that like the wedding is not the hard part, you know, getting to the, the yes. It's all the work that comes after that. And obviously Clay is wrestling with that, but in some ways, you know, I do mm-hmm. appreciate AD says to Clay, I'm not going to be somebody's long-term fiance. Like she sees that as sort of devaluing, right? So she's like, we can get to the mm-hmm. altar and you can say yes or you can say no. But if you say no, it's not like we're just going to hang after that. Like I'm not going to be on mm-hmm. the side. And yeah. another thing we haven't... Very clear-eyed and realistic about it. Yeah. And we haven't talked about this, but they're in Charlotte and AD is 32. I want to say Chelsea is 30. Um, that is considered older to be getting married. And considering having a family in those states, it wouldn't really necessarily be where we live. Um, And so I also, AD hasn't said this, but I do wonder if she feels pressure to like get on with it. And the risk Mm -hmm. of being somebody's long-term fiance is that you give up all of these years, which are your best remaining years to have a family or to be having children, waiting for someone to make up their mind. What percentage chance do you give AD and Clay to make it to yes at the altar? I think Clay is continuing to grow each week of of batches of episodes that we're seeing. So if he could continue that, I think they might have a chance maybe. But I'm pretty Uh, nervous about his current Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Other than that comment about the gym uh, and like wanting her to work out after she had a baby – uh, he ha- which is pretty bad, but like other than that, he hasn't done or said anything egregiously terrible, in my opinion. Like I'm not saying he's been perfect or even great, but uh, he he hasn't he hasn't been he hasn't done any travesties like uh, Jeremy. You know oh, what I'm saying? No, no, like, no. Which which is apparently the bar. <laughs> or travesties like Chelsea. I mean, I think that he is he works a lot. And he expects the person to just accommodate that. AD says she had this whole special thing planned with him, favorite this, you know, cool activity Mm, that he didn't even see it because he didn't come home. She wouldn't put all that stuff out if she was not expecting him to come home. So to me, that means he unexpectedly didn't come home. And I think that her mom's reaction was like, that is a man this is who you need to chase. I was like, is he like, I think he's fine, you know, but like, I feel like Clay has a lot of growing to do. Um, Working hard is not the same as being successful. Unfortunately, you know, like that would be great if it were the case, but I'm concerned that he is chasing a lot of stuff um, in a way that will leave her feeling neglected, even if he says yes, technically at the altar. So I'm, I'm, and I'm concerned he maybe just doesn't even notice, like, even though she is saying this really bothers me. They're, they're talking about it, oh, it's like a logistics problem we need to sort out. But maybe it's like a how much do you value my time, how much do you value my company yeah. question. Right. And he doesn't seem like Johnny, a person who has, like, a plan for five years from now, ten years from now, and this is why I'm working so hard now is to be able to afford to spend time with you later, yeah. et cetera. Um, but, you know, he is voicing yeah. a lot of genuine issues, like I don't have role models for how to be faithful, um, you know, yeah, that are, are real. All right, Joy, we got to wrap up here. Uh, uh, closing thoughts. Any other closing thoughts? Uh, I, I would give them a sixty to seventy percent chance, by the way, Clay and eighty. Uh, but any closing thoughts on this couple of episodes, or anything else you want to mention about these? Uh, episodes I'm going to give them fifty fifty. I think Amy and Johnny, I'd give like a ninety. Uh, same, same. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with the final decisions, and see what happens and hopefully it doesn't make us ashamed to have watched the show. So, uh, yeah. In the meantime, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you or leave a podcast review for us on Apple podcasts. Uh, until next week. Thank you so much for listening and thanks joy for the chat. Um, hopefully uh, no more injuries will occur to me from next week's episode and I will be on the path to healing. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.